Hey everybody, my name is Bob, and welcome to the Late Night Playlist. Go ahead and grab your favorite adult beverage and get ready to talk about the album of the week with my friends and me. Let's get started. Hey, good night everybody. Welcome to the Late Night. Did I say good night? Good morning? I don't know what time it is. Hey! Who the hell are you? Welcome to the Late Night Playlist. Uh, my name is, uh, you don't give a shit what my name is. And with me, we've got Tom, Derek, and Brett, maybe, because Brett is on the road tonight calling in from his satellite phone. And it's our job to guess where in the world is Brett. Okay, so say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Howdy, Bob. Howdy, Bob. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Hi. Is everybody doing okay today? Doing great. Doing all right. No, no diarrhea or sexual good. noises on your planes? Uh not not today. Not today? Okay. I'm hoping, you know. Only I'm, my wondering, I, I'm wondering if that's gonna cost more. You know, that's, that's an option. That's the uh <laughs> that's the first class package right there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like your flight with or without sexual noises coming from your comms? <laughs> they they used to ask if you'd like a non-smoking or a smoking section on the plane. Now it's now it's with the sexual noises, right? I mean, it's an airplane. They were all smoking sections. If there was any smoking right, section, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> the fact that they pretended it wasn't was kind of funny. Yeah. So. Well, that would be true of the sexual noises too, right? Yeah, well, that's true. I guess maybe, they give you special, maybe they'll give you a special headset there. You know, for that. Right. So. No, good point. Yeah. I can't hear anything on planes anyway, so there there could be sexual noises going on three rows in front of me, and I'd never know it was happening. Whatever gets well, you through the true. flight. Yeah. Yeah, just look for, just for the look look for the couple that gets up and goes to the same bathroom together. You know, that's the that would require a great deal of passion. Uh that's a an awfully small, unpleasant space. No. Sounds like it could be more pleasant if two of you are in there together. So. <laughs> I I don't know about the logistics of it, but yeah. You have right. to be dedicated is what I'm hearing you say. I definitely got to be dedicated. Well, why are we here, Bob? Well, I think that's a great question, and philosophers have been asking that for millennia now. <laughs> you know, why are we here? I think is that's a good that's a good discussion for us to get into tonight. And I think I the uh, more alcohol. I, <laughs> I think that us and our listeners can all agree that the that the main reason why anybody would want to be here is queen right queen the album queen indeed that's why we're here tonight i mean i think when 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 the universe started that's that's what got it going right you think that was queen that started it you know i'm pretty sure it was it was the thought the thought inside god or or the big bang or whatever you know the the first thought was probably hey keep yourself alive right (laughs) Right, right after "Let There Be Light," <laughs> right. keep yourself alive. That's kind of, uh, kind of the guiding principle of the whole damn thing, right? Pretty much. <laughs> so that's why we're here tonight. We're going to talk about Queen, the album Queen, or is it Queen One? 
I always refer to it as Queen One, even though it, it is Queen. Right. So because it came out, it was Queen, but then kind of later on, it became Queen One. Because the next like, one was Queen Two. Right. Right. I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If I'm ever in a band and we record an album, the first album is going to be titled Greatest Hits. And then the second album is mm-hmm. going to be Greatest Hits Volume 2. Yeah. <laughs> Hope for the best and see what happens, right? It right, worked, yeah. It worked for the Eagles. <laughs> that it did. That it did. <laughs> so let's talk about Queen. And how they started the universe, how they were the masters of the universe, and how that ties into the movie Highlander. There we go. All right. That that, that might be a different album, but that's a different album, but we can get to there. We still have to talk about the movie Highlander at some point. So it might as well be now. But and and don't forget Flash Gordon. And Flash Gordon. Yep. Clearly, we have to talk about Flash Gordon. And and possibly Flesh Gordon at some point, but different podcast. Right. I have not seen Highlander or Flash Gordon, but I've seen parts of Flash Gordon. Really? <laughs> okay. All I, true. I, I All was right. disappointed when you started that out, but then you won me over. <laughs> <at the end laughs> <of it. laughs> we yeah, are seriously more just. Of Flesh... Go ahead, Brett. Go Sorry. ahead. Uh, uh, I've probably seen more of Flesh Gordon than I want to admit. So, so there's a little more honesty there. Was that a uh, was that a double entendre you you threw out there, Brett? I it wasn't intended. It was meant to just be straight up, <laughs> straight up, straight up entendre. <laughs> so I don't remember this time, but I'm, other people tell me it truly existed. They they used to run porn at drive-in theaters, like on the big giant projection screens. And you could actually like see it from the road and stuff when you would drive by. That's, that's <laughs> groovy. I can tell you that was before I had my driver's license. Yeah, I don't recall ever <laughs> wandering upon that at any point, you know. I know where I oh, would have been. I probably would have pulled off the side of the road and watched a little bit. <laughs> that's uh but um but Brett, we're gonna to have to schedule like a viewing party somehow where we can all like watch party at once and bring up Highlander for you at least. <laughs> watch that. You can, <laughs> you can probably you probably skip Flash Gordon for those parts. <laughs> the first Highlander is definitely worth watching. So there are a good number of movies that you guys have brought up I have not seen, and I, I'm gradually rectifying the situation. So, uh, Flash Time or what, what is it? Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I've taken care of that one, and and yeah, so I'm getting better. That that is an important movie for any young man to watch in his life. And you're you're a, you're a relatively young man. You know, you're under ninety, so you still you still have that going for you. Did you Pretty ever get dazed and confused? Did you ever get to that one? Not yet. That is on the list. That is on the list. When I get back to civilization, <laughs> that is the first on the list. I'm going to guess that Brett's in Namibia. I was thinking somewhere deep in the Amazon. So, yeah. <laughs> someplace exotic. 
Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I ran into a fan of the late night playlist on my journeys. How about that? What are the odds you would run into our one listener? I mean, really? That's uh. <laughs> he was. I think. A fan. I think there's. I think they're stalking you. This is what I think is happening. So. He followed you there. That yes. could be. I, it, it could be. He did not ask for an autograph, which I found troubling. Well, so well, if he's listened to the show, he knows you don't know how to write. So <laughs> <laughs> there's that is a true statement. <laughs> we need you to sign this subpoena right here, please. Thank you. For, it's a. Uh, <laughs> It was an interesting moment, you know. I, I'm I'm standing there, and a guy goes by, and I'm wearing, I'm wearing our shirt, you know, and and he points at, it and he said, "That is my playlist. I I listen to that, and it is what he's like telling his wife proudly. I listen to that, pointing at my shirt, and <laughs> you know, my my wife. Now, there, now, now like, you, you said. You said proudly, so I know this is bullshit. Now. So that's, uh, I, I, I could not. I do not have the imagination to make this up. He, he, point, he did all that, and and my wife looks at me and she's like, "There's no way. There is just no way." The guy was sincere. He was sincere. So, yeah. Well, we're gonna have to give you some merchandise to carry with yeah, you so no when kid. you travel. <laughs> you can sell it to the fan. Was he? Was he <laughs> I, was I he like that you left the S out. <laughs> some stray guy walking around Florida. It's possible. It's <laughs> possible. Florida man, the favorite podcast of Florida <laughs> right, man. Right. I think we can get that. That might Did explain a lot some, right there. Did you say some stray man walking around in Florida or a straight man walking some, around in Florida? Some stray guy walking oh, around okay. Florida. Stray, not straight. Okay. Stray. Oh, we're good. Yeah. Okay. Just, just just roaming the streets with his knuckles dragging the ground. We we do gotcha. not assume people's sexual orientation here. No, no, we accept all listeners. Yeah, we 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 just plain don't care. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> well, All the things anything, to get upset about in the world, that's not on my list. That's not you know, on the list. <laughs> I, got, so I did, got far better did, things. Did anybody get a chance to listen to the album? Yes. Amazingly yes. enough, we are here to talk about music. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we did listen. To, I did to listen to the album three times. Yep. So, ironic, you know, surprisingly, I hadn't actually listened to this one before, which... I've owned Queen albums over the years, so I'm just was listening to it. And I'm just like, I haven't listened to this. Well, album I think like every, everybody, you know, uh, you know, we are the champions, and another one bites the dust. And right, that's where I came team. into the came into the scene was around those. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I was just when I worked my way back. This is my favorite era, of Queen. I love the other stuff. Don't get me wrong, but. Queen one and two, boy, they were raw. They yeah. were they were hungry. Forty nine really years impressive. old. Yeah, yeah forty nine years. Yeah. I mean, that is just unbelievable to me. You know that, and then I started thinking, well, 
it had to be 49 years ago. I mean, 49 to, you know, maybe, maybe 40 years. I mean, that, that's, that was the era where stuff like this could seem to exist. Uh, you know, great, great music, creativity. So uh, I got the sense when I listened to this that they had not exactly found a groove yet when they sure. did this. Because if, if you when you listen to this album, you've got the um, the, the first song. Um, oh, good grief. I've had too much alcohol. Keep yourself alive. Keep yourself alive. Keep yourself alive. All right. So that's that's the big out big song from the album. Yeah. You know, straight up rock and roll and everything. And then just a song or two later into it, and and you've got these delicate harmonies with the whole band. I mean, they're all over the place on this album, you know, and and just back and forth. And and I'm not being critical. Don't don't take it that way at all. Yeah. I'm saying no, no. they were they were experimenting. They were still finding themselves. And that made a really exciting thing to listen to. It really oh, yeah. did. Oh yeah. When 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 you go from from keep yourself alive, so probably the two songs on this album that anybody's ever heard is Keep Yourself Alive and Seven Seas Awry. And you start off with Keep Yourself Alive, and then you go into the Doing All Right, that that you know, kind of a mellower track, and then Great King Rat, My Fairy King, these operatic, you know, complex arrangements. Wow. What a debut album. Yeah. I think it was also very interesting to me because having heard the later Queen stuff and listen, and this is on back, you know, on backing on what Brett just said was it was, you could see kind of where they were headed, but hadn't quite got it just yet. Right. You know, and, you know, and that's what I liked about it as a first album. It's like, it's enough to go, Oh, I'm curious to see what they are a couple albums from now, you know, yeah. and I mentioned that in some other stuff we've talked about, but it was, you know, and, and, and honestly, right up till the end, every album was kind of a hodgepodge. Yeah. You know, you had the hard rock, you had the operatic stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, what was it? they did the uh, under pressure uh on on mm, uh, yeah on one album and i i mean kind of a disco-ish type thing and and another one bites the dust and but those were mixed in with rock songs yep good yep. stuff and i mean and i know we're not talking about this album but the book in this with the innuendo album which was the last studio album with freddie mercury you know, and it was, little, had a, it was probably a little more raw too, due to that. You know, Freddie was very sick at the time and could only do so much. And um, and I really love that album a lot. Yeah. And you know, and it's interesting to see how the the band bookends with Freddie on either one. You know, on those and it starts out with "Keep Yourself Alive," and the last song I think on Innuendo was "The Show Must Go On," which was basically Freddie's goodbye to yeah. the world and it, it's the, what an amazing career i mean no, musically nobody does harmonies like these guys mm-hmm. you know the vocal mm-hmm. harmonies but mm-hmm. then you know brian may's guitar harmonies incredible 
Have you ever Astro, seen that Astro man's fingers? fingers? Brian May? Uh, no, he, haven't. Yeah, he's like a spider. It's like spider legs on his for fingers. He's got these <laughs> long, skinny fingers. They must be ten inches long. And and you guys know what I'm talking about. You've seen this. There can't be. I mean, he, there are chords he could play. I could not get near. My fingers are too short and fat to to do it. I mean. It, it's incredible just looking at his. He's like he was born to play a guitar. It's it's really something. Oh, I think there's something to that, right? I mean, they when they scout athletes like quarterbacks at the college and professional level, they take measurements of their hands and stuff like that, and you know, and because the bigger hands, they can hold the ball better and stuff, sure. you know, and that goes on to the recruiting process. So, yeah, there's <laughs> genetics involved. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's obviously a lot of practice. But. And he was doing all this on a homemade guitar, the guitar he and his dad built. Right. I heard that story. Yeah. He used that throughout. And his tone, I don't even, when I hear his tone, it's very violinish to me. And uh, I, I, he's just got a unique tone. And, I, you know, I think that comes from probably a lot from, from, the homemade guitar. I'd Could say be. so. Yeah. No, I think that's that's reasonable. If, especially if it's the first one you ever built, you know. It was. Yeah. yeah from, so. from my understanding. It's crazy. So, so we also we also should be saying Dr. Brian May. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Astrophysicist, right? Or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Astrophysicist. <laughs> He's not a don't by any measure. We're talking about a very well, intelligent man here. You know, we should mention right now that that's fairly common for rock stars, though, right? They they often get their PhDs while while touring. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, none of the lead singer of the Offspring wasn't he a PhD? In yeah, yeah, bad also? yeah. Bad religion. Bad religion. Uh, those guys. You know, there there's a few of them out there. Uh, but it's pretty rare, huh? I would think so, but I don't know. <laughs> I did a survey of it. Maybe there's there's more going on. So it's, uh, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's strength. Well, yeah, I mean, well, um, I mean, astrophysics. That's a serious like that takes a long time. That's right. That's, right. Not, that, like that, a, that's not majoring in basket weaving. There, that's, right. no, uh, it is know. not. <laughs> that requires some thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And no disrespect to the basket weavers out there. You're artisans. You do wonderful work, but you know, <laughs> doesn't require I, eight years of college. I don't know how to basket weave, so I have no idea what it takes. Yeah. Um, but I bet, uh, you could, I bet you could figure it out pretty quick. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Longenberger seems to make a lot of money at it. <laughs> That's. Uh, I got nothing I'm not else gonna, to do. I'm, I'm not going to piss off the basket weavers in our audience. <laughs> Right. That's uh we need we need every listener That's we can right. get. So That's my apologies right. to the basket weavers. Uh find some other college major that shouldn't exist that people get a degree in. That's right. So one of the uh, uh Tom, this this kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. I one of the recordings I listened to, you know, you guys know my story. I'm out on a run and whatever, and I'm listening to these things. And the thing kept playing, and and 
it started playing studio demos from this album. And yeah, yeah, that's the did, deluxe did you, version. Okay, that's what I was listening to. And like one of them, I'm quite certain I'm Freddie was off key on part of it. That's that was what I first noticed. Like, man, something's going on here. You know, it's what sounds a little weird, but it was really cool to hear the raw recordings. You know, not the uh, not the vocal overlays and you know all the effects sprinkled in there and the the heavy heavy producing. You guys know what I'm talking about. That was out. This was just this was just straight up the band playing a demo, basically this, a live this was, recording. This was pre Roy Thomas Baker putting his stamp on the music. This this was right. raw. And yeah, and yeah. It's, so it's interesting. The original album is is you know basically ten songs, and then and then they Hollywood Records put out a bonus uh, track version in 91 that added uh three tracks my guess is you were probably listening to the the uh retake of keep yourself alive uh which was kind of a, a demo version and then they actually put out a second deluxe version in 2011 and but that that included basically live tracks, and I I doubt Freddie would be that out of tune on live tracks. Um, there's and and what's really cool is there's there's a couple of box sets that that came out in the past decade that have a lot of this early live Queen. There's uh, one called On Air. And then there's uh, uh, live at the, I think it's live at the Hammersmith Odeon or something like that, 1974. Um, but great live collections of this era of Queen. You know, before the, the Bohemian Rhapsody and all that stuff, which it, it, great, I love it. But, you know, just these four guys banging it out. Sounds like good stuff. I wanted to go back to uh, something that Brett had brought up. You know, you had said earlier, Brett, uh, if I heard you correctly, because it's it's difficult, you know, through your satellite phones. But you had said it had to be 1973. You know, when else could it be when this album came out? And and I wanted to point out, and, and I'm sure you guys had had the same thoughts when you were when you were listening to this album over the week, but. Uh, 1973 was an absolutely amazing year in music. Well, basically every year in the 70s was pretty yeah, goddamn it, amazing. It, it was balls out. But yeah, 73 was crazy. I mean, I just, I kind of went through and just kind of threw out some albums without any, you know, mostly it was just like people we've talked about over the last year because uh, we're, we're, we're rounding off the year of uh of of late night playlist now what do you mean it's april right right is it tax season <laughs> already okay so, <laughs> so but uh uh dixie chicken from little feet uh, came out in concert Derek and the dominoes we all know where that ended up tyranny and mutation from blue oyster cult closing right time on. from tom waits oh houses of the holy there you go. 
uh, uh, one Man. of my personal favorites, Honky Tonk Heroes by Waylon Jennings. Uh, one of Brett's personal favorites, Desperado by the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Any yep. human being on the planet who is thinking's personal favorite, The Smoker You Drink, The Player You Get by Joe Walsh. <laughs> Joe Walsh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. A, a bombastic album, Trace Hombres. Oh. Oh, yeah. The Joker. Jesus just left Chicago. Yeah. Amen. Jesus just left Chicago. The Joker by Steve Miller and Riding the Storm Out by REO Speedwagon. I mean, these are these Damn. are all albums that I still listen to on a weekly basis. Yeah, that, those I, are, that was a good you, year. You just yeah. made me feel like I'm driving around the park in a 1972 <laughs> Coronet Custom. <laughs> and uh, every one of those albums is playing on, on that stereo. Yeah. I mean, that's now, was insane. it the factory staler stereo, or did you, you know, <laughs> upgrade it with a Kenwood or Alpine I, or something? I, I you know? upgraded it with a Radio Shack cassette player. <laughs> Realistic, Grant baby. Me install. <laughs> Realistic, baby. <laughs> did we put speakers in too, or just the cassette player? Damn it, Tom, we if, the if I remember, if I remember it right, and 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 brother, I, I hope I'm remembering it right. I think we put a radio in, and then we put speakers in, because I remember being my fingers were bloody, and <laughs> and uh, I don't mind that. That there's, it's always worth a little blood if you're going to play music like that. It's worth it. If, uh, so if I, they were I think bloody, we put they speakers were, in. They were probably probably the front door speakers, and and how <laughs> how dare I tamper with the sound system on a 1972 Dodge Cornette? <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm sure the AM radio in that thing was just bitching, you know. <laughs> I I think that's all that sucker had. Oh, no, no, I believe it. I totally believe that's what that thing had. But Maybe you if you're lucky, I had an A track. But you could so. put about seven bodies in the trunk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not that we ever you're tried that. I mean, th those you're are cars where you could actually. Those are cars where you could actually fuck in the back seat. You know, right? It's, uh, it wasn't like a yeah. damn uh, not, airplane uh, bathroom. Yeah, not like we ever had anybody back then beating down our door to do that. <laughs> but but it's just the idea, you know. The cars now. Oh my god! I feel when sorry. the opportunity arose, you had the yeah. place to do it. Exactly. I, I, if That's, it would have uh, if it would have arose, I would have been <laughs> set. <laughs> yeah, those uh, Bob, those some killer albums that came out in '73. Yeah. And that, that's just, that's just, you know, I could have, I could have picked another 10 albums uh, from the list. It's just yeah. on and on and on. There's just hundreds of albums that came out and you're right, Tom, you know, the entire seventies, it's just crazy how great everything was that came out then. If this came out what today, would, would, would it even be heard by anybody? No. And I don't no. mean to be, mean about that it's just the stuff you hear on the radio now unless it's classic rock stations or something it's just different you know it's not right i did turn, the pop has I, changed in that's i did so my kids grew to hate this album only because <laughs> i had so much i was gonna say this is a pattern <laughs> but both of them are huge fans 
and I think it starts here. They'll, they'll make the circle back around. Yeah, yeah I give them time. They just no, need a break from it. They'll yeah. forget dad played it so much on vacation. Right. You got to look <laughs> them in the eye and tell them that there can be only one. I tell yeah. you what. Tom, I, absolutely. You need to have it in your will at your funeral 100 years from now. That queen won <laughs> in a little feet. <laughs> or played over and over again as the background music of the, of the I never, <laughs> You know, I, I am a sick person and, and I have gone through that playlist in my head so many times, but you just gave me a new perspective on it. <laughs> The waiting it's for the extended version will be played. Right. <laughs> so, well, right. At least there'd be some religious music played. We'd have Jesus. <laughs> That's right. Right. There would be some references to Jesus in there. Yes. Uh... The, 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 we'd have the song Jesus played, which, by the way, <laughs> it, uh, even, even when I had discovered this album, listened to it quite a bit there was probably a time about four years ago where I'm like, that's a fucking good song. Jesus, two chords, two chords. And it's uh, basically know, the story of the nativity. Not appropriate to make that comment on this song, but so if he's playing oh, chords, it, he's out there impressed the women, not the men. So, it's so, coming yeah. from an atheist, you know? And, well, and, you and, said that study was only for heterosexual men. Yeah, yeah, extreme, extreme metal heterosexual men. Yes, right. So and, and playing and, to impress each other. Right. Yes. Well, this ain't cannibal uh, court. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is next week's podcast, but now Freddie, liked all. Freddie was open to all comers. So <laughs> you got it. You got a Parsi singing a song about Jesus and the Nativity. Right. Yeah. I'll take it. So, so, so you know, Bob, you you brought up an interesting thing. I don't mean to interrupt you there. I I you brought up an interesting thing, and I'm going to give you the the flip side of this. So you brought up this amazing collection of albums, and you said you could give another ten. You could probably give another twenty past that of amazing albums, just from seventy three, seventy four, seventy five. They'd all be the same thing, just year after year after year. Think of how hard it would be to make yourself known when you've got Eric Clapton out there in his prime, you know, you've got Brian May in his prime, you know, you've got these people at their most creative stage of their careers. And, and we're talking outstanding players, you know, Joe Walsh, right. You've got just amazing talent. And then, then in the midst of all that, you're thinking it's hard to break through. You, if you're a producer, and then you have Brian May, you've got uh, Freddie Mercury come in, and not forget the rest of the band, right? Uh, uh, John Deacon, Deacon and Roger Taylor. Mm -hmm. Hey, Roger Taylor, you got these guys coming in, and uh, you know, not to take away from anything from anybody else, but but Freddie has a voice a, and a presence. Uh, I should pass tense it, I guess. But he had a, a presence about him that was unmatched. I mean, you, he, was, there, he was a showman. You, yeah, you got more fingers on one hand, I think, than showman that can compete with Freddie in yeah. rock and roll 
music. Sure. But I mean, but what also, a master! At that point in time, you had a worldwide public that had big ears for the most part. Let's face it, people that were listening to music had big ears. You had an industry that was willing to give people two or three albums to break yep. through. Yeah. And then you had guys like Roy Thomas Baker that uh, were, were able to come in and, and take that raw material and shape it into something that was just wonderful. I mean, it's like all the stars were aligned. You don't have that today. It's one, you know, you get one shot and you're done. You've got people don't have big ears anymore. It's it's all about money. And it just wasn't back then. Right, because they, they probably thought the first album, first couple albums, like you said, are not going to be big hits, but we're going to be working with the band. And albums three and four, are going to be when we start making a lot of money yeah. with these guys, you know, and and you could experiment, right? You could figure it out. Well, you know, the record company probably had producers and engineers that they gave them and said, you know, work with these guys and figure it out, you know, shape their sound, you know. I hate to say it, you had a lot of creative substances flowing through the veins <laughs> of the nation. <laughs> I almost brought that up a little bit ago. I was going to ask you, was this more cocaine or was this more pot? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I don't think these guys were into much of any of that. They, you know, they were. It, probably, it yeah, seem I like agree. It. I think also I don't remember you have hearing to, stories yeah. about it. Yeah. You, you have to consider where, where the focus is also at the time, you know, uh, because back, back then in the seventies, the focus really truly was on the music yeah. and, and anything else was superfluous to, to whatever was going on. Yes. You, know, you know, if you, if you're using I mean, drugs, okay, that's, that's a sideshow. It's got nothing to do with the music. Image was a sideshow. Right. The right, music right. was out front. And, and I mean, today, a lot of that stuff is the, the music is not the focus. The image right. is the focus. Well, you're right. I mean, look, they made, meat, they made Meatloaf a star in the right, 70s. Right. You know, that guy probably wouldn't have got, you know, today to be able to do what he did back then. But they were. Yeah. You, could scrape, you could scrape by on having the talent and being a creator. Your image didn't get in the way of those two things. Now it does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I'm sure what? that I will get... turn around at some point, but who knows? I, I'm going to give you guys a counter theory here. Ooh, ooh. Uh, I'm going to give you a counter theory. I'm going to argue there was more money in it then, and mm -hmm. there is less money in it now. And I will defend. I'll defend this position. Okay, I so, agree. Okay, <laughs> let me let me explain. Well, that's a piss so, poor defense. So, so in, in in the seventies, in the seventies, you had this was this was music, right? So you you had great competition. Like Bob, you brought up REO Speedwagon, you brought Led, Led Zeppelin, the Eagles, uh, Waylon Jennings. You, you had to be really good 
and and break in because a, a label was going to invest a lot of money in you and they expected a return on that. So you had to be exceptionally good. You had to have all your ducks in a row, so to speak. You now buying, with the ad- you were buying a product and, I, and Brett, absolutely I'm, I'm holding up the queen one vinyl you, you weren't just buying you weren't just stealing the music online you were buying the music you were buying the cover art you were buying the package and you're right i think there was a lot now it's scarce resources are driving people to do stupid things. I agree with you. I agree with you. It's cheap money now. I mean, it's just yeah. cheap. Well, so, I think the scarce uh, resource now is actually people's attention, right? It's uh, the ability to do a good recording and stuff like that. That's cheaper than ever now. I mean, there's people making albums at home that sound pretty damn good, you know. But they ain't got on the market. No, no, no. It's it's a different market now. It's uh, you're you're trying to get eyeballs. And Fast food. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's give me the, what's big, the yeah, band. I want it now. What what's the band we did some some episodes back that uh, they were basically a YouTube band and just straight up rock and roll. I mean, this could be they had elements Dirty. of the seventies, the eighties. Dirty, Dirty honey. Yeah, that's dirty it. honey. That's exactly that's exactly who I'm thinking of. So, so they had to break in completely different than what Queen did in this case. Yeah, you know, these guys sure. are YouTube. You know, they're they're getting YouTube views, and they get enough views, and they're able to get some kind of record deal going, or some some label is interested in them. But it takes a lot of work and a lot of personal investment, not a lot of cash, but a lot of personal investment. You know, time and what have you. And, and you're so just, tapping into a vein, and and they oh, figured yeah. out they figured out there was there was a vein, and they figured out how to tap into it. That's brilliant, and and absolutely, yeah. It, back then, it wasn't that way. You 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 could you could you know you could put something fairly experimental out. I was going to say something different with worse words. But you could put out something fairly experimental, and and people would give it a chance. They didn't have the ADHD. They they, they were willing to give it a chance. Uh, the early Pink Floyd stuff. Yeah, that's some weird ass shit. You know, I love Pink Floyd, but that right. early stuff was some weird ass shit. Yeah. But the record label was willing to go with it, and Pink Floyd over time figured out really their sound. You know, and but they were willing to give them a chance. I had read a story from a young blues guy I was seeing a few times in concert, and he was talking about trying to get a record deal, and he's like, the record labels really didn't seem that interested unless you'd already sold X thousand of albums on your own or something like that. Then they were interested in you. They weren't willing to build you up as an artist. They wanted an established artist that was going to bring revenue in right off the bat and my thought upon reading that is then why do you need the record label if you've already built that yeah then what purpose do they serve now and that's uh is a publicist well you can hire a publicist right you know that's uh so i you know i 
I think we're seeing its changes. I mean, we're seeing artists now getting much more control over their music than record labels, probably because the record labels aren't willing to invest in them. So the artists are like, well, then I maintain X rights to this stuff, you know, and I'm getting, I'm getting more than four cents on an album on iTunes. Right, right. I'm not, I'm not letting it go to the record label where they take their cut and then I give a smaller percentage of that, you know, it may be my only X sense, but I want a hundred percent of that. And that's yeah. where the good music's coming from. You know, you go to like Bandcamp and 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 troll through some of those bands. There's some good shit out there. Yeah, there's still good yeah. music being made. Yeah. It's just you know you gotta you gotta wade through the ocean to find find the good stuff. Yeah. And you have people willing to take chances too. And we talked about this because w- one of the early discussions we did was on Warren Zevon mm-hmm. on here and reading his biography, you know, he went through multiple record labels. There'd be someone who was in a position in our label who really liked Warren Zevon. So they would fund them doing an album. Now, was that album a big hit? Not necessarily, but they were funding other people that were bigger hit artists, you know, so they were willing to spend the money on some other ones just for the art or maybe it did take off. Maybe, you know, there was a werewolf in London on there or something like that, right. that generated a lot of sales, but I don't know. I, you know, music is very different today and it seems like a lot of the artists I listen to are basically controlling their own, their own record labels and stuff now, which is really Good interesting. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, that's in, uh, in a way. I mean, it's pretty amazing to me that we're actually talking about an era where the money may be less of an impact now than it was 50 years ago. Uh, you know, right. if, if you're willing to, if you're willing to go to YouTube or whatever, Spotify, you're willing to listen to these people, you know, honestly, you may get 99% of the time. You never want to hear it again, but there's that 1%, right? There's that one, one in a hundred that it's like, this is kind of interesting. This is this is pretty creative stuff right here. I yeah. still think there's a market for curation out there, you know, which is something radio stations used to kind of do was curation. I think there's still a market even on Spotify and stuff. And I'm surprised Spotify hasn't done it yet where they're hiring, you know, people who listen to this stuff and go, hey, check this one out. So how often do you guys listen to your local FM rock station? You know, not a lot. My local one, I still listen to a couple there. There's one in South Carolina. My wife likes we listen to. And I listen to a rock station out of uh, the Florida Keys, which I think, you know, because I can stream it online and it's just a fantastic independently owned station ah. that does what they, you know, plays what they want and, but yeah, but like the big corporate-owned local stations, nah, I don't listen to them. Just that's the don't. You kind of made the point I was getting at. There's still some really good stations out there that are fighting the good fight, sure. doing the curation, you know, playing playing new music, uh, you know, as long as it fits into the format, of course. Yeah, right. But uh, you know. The good fights, it's a losing fight, but it's still being fought. Yep. Yeah. There was a guy out of Charleston, South Carolina called The Critic, who was at a couple of different stations, but he got to the point where he's doing them 
he would do these weekend shows um, where he was curating, picking stuff, like even out of his own collection, just stuff he bought and thought was great or had heard ah. and was playing it. And uh, he's, I understand he's now retired, but I would love for that dude to just do a podcast and do what he was doing before on that weekend show, just as a podcast. And it's slowly it being driven underground. Yeah. It's, well, so if you're not, enjoy your retirement, critic. You're on it, buddy. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> so any of these songs jump out to anybody and grab I'm you? I'm going to go Keep Yourself Alive. I, I know that's the, the most popular one, probably. Well, actually, I think Liar on Spotify was more popular than Keep Yourself Alive, which I was a little surprised at. Maybe it's maybe it was a bigger hit in, in England or Europe or something like that, but you know, keep yourself alive. I think as a new band, your very first song people are going to hear on your album, it probably doesn't get better than that. Yeah. Just, you know, I'll kick the door that. down. You know. Yeah, I'll second that. That's a brilliant, brilliant observation. The thing I liked about the album so much is they weren't playing safe. They weren't trying to play it safe. They were, they were playing stuff here that a lot of people weren't going to like, you know, and that's okay. Uh, again, they weren't trying to appeal to a mass audience at all. It's like, this is what we're going to play. This is what we like. It was not formulaic. The first song's different than the second song. It's different than the third song and it's different than the fourth song. It's, it's, they were all over the place and, and that's good. You know, not afraid to take a risk because they got nothing to lose. There you go. Bob. I am going to uh, go out on a limb here. And you know what? I liked Great King Rat. Yeah. yeah. Enjoyable. That's, yeah. That was my favorite out of it. You know, I like the, uh, the lyrics, and that's cool. But I, I like the composition of the music. I like the tempo changes that were going yeah. on in it. And I like the solo that uh, was was a little bit elongated from your normal Queen solo. Hello, Ying Bay. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I think that was a, uh, a, hey, you, Mr. May, what the hell can you do on that thing? And, yeah. and he said, hey, I got something. I'll show you over here. And, That's a great solo. Yeah. What you was know, the second song on the album, Tom? Doing all right. Doing all right. First time I heard that, I'm like, oh, this is a Beatles inspired song. <laughs> now it rapidly changed with the tempo changes and stuff like Bob mentioned, but that opening on that, man, that was just straight up Beatles and it was good. It right. was it was solid. And it was, uh... I tell you, my favorite has bounced around a lot. I'm a big fan of of Jesus just because I think the arrangement is incredible. The harmonies are incredible, but the one one that every time it comes up now, I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm so glad this song's playing as night comes down. Mm. It's kind of one of the mellow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> good, good harmony vocals. I'm going to, I'm going to tag along with what, what Derek said. I'm, I, I'm keep yourself alive. I, I thought that just came out. Yeah, you know, what a great way to start an album. Yeah. <laughs> that just that just rocked. 
you know, we can't talk about Queen and not bring up the whole Live Aid thing. Uh, everybody, you know, the, those at, at Wembley and those at uh, uh, RFK. Yeah. Or was it was it Philadelphia? Okay. It was RFK at Philadelphia. It was at RFK. Okay. Of all, all the performers, did anybody do a better job than Queen that day? I don't think so, because I Queen is performance is the one people keep talking about. Right. To this day. Well, just... the only one I throw up against it was U2 Sunday Bloody Sunday. It was okay. was a pretty goddamn good performance. But we've I, I've got that whole live aid on DVD and we we watch it at least once a year. In the winter. I'm a little bit when we're snowing. I'm in. a little bit Anyway, we'll talk about you two on a different podcast. So <laughs> we should. I don't know if it's on the schedule. Maybe we. Not, I don't think it is yet, unless someone's got. You it guys on keep putting schedule. it on there, and I keep deleting it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's deleted Frankie Goes to Hollywood yet. Relax. <laughs> Relax. I'll get to it. <laughs> oh man. Well, anyone closing thoughts on Queen? Uh, very I wonder what everybody's. Sorry. It was very impressive. No, no, my bad. I was going to ask what everybody was drinking. I can't see see anything, but oh. has everybody been enjoying a beverage this evening? Yeah, I'm drinking a PBR. Yeah. I have. Uh, you must have a bunch of hair on your chest. I do. I am a hairy man. It's that, uh, except that's the top I, of my head. Uh, Everywhere else, you know, I'm freaking Sasquatch. Since, since you are drinking a Paps Blue Ribbon, I have to say Heineken. Fuck that shit. Paps Blue Ribbon. I do like PBR. So. <laughs> I have a uh, I have a dry Asahi that you can't see because my uh, my background cuts it out. But uh, my my wife allowed me to dip into her stash of Japanese beers. So. Ooh. Nice. Brett, I, I, I'm, I'm in a a country that doesn't allow alcohol, so I'm still uh, slowly distilling. I am, <laughs> I'm squeezing frogs and <laughs> drinking the dripping. <laughs> poison dart frogs, oh, perhaps. Uh, poison dart frogs is right. <laughs> <laughs> he's, licking the, he's licking the toads. <laughs> uh... Well, I, I, I did have a glass of wild turkey American honey, and uh, I was topping it off as I drank it with uh, a clear seltzer. Like regular seltzer or the hard stuff? No, no, no. I don't like the hard stuff. That stuff's okay. poison. I just like a clear zero-calorie seltzer like a club soda type thing gotcha all right so final thoughts on uh on queen slash one two thumbs solid up. <laughs> solid first album uh with a good indication of where things were going so yeah. Uh, so yeah yeah definitely they were they were on the bus headed uptown no doubt look where they ended up yeah a phd in astrophysics that's where they ended up it's good to have something to fall back on right, in case right. the rock and roll thing doesn't work out, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> I love the energy 
I mean, it, this was a this was a young band. They were young men at the time, and you know, it's obvious everybody had a hand in it. Uh, they were willing to try different things, knowing not everything would be well received. Uh, now, okay, final thoughts. So I'm actually going to ask a question in the final thoughts. Do you guys agree that? there were songs on there that if you were really into that style of music, you might not like the next song, uh, the next track. Uh, that was the thing that impressed me the most was the, the rage. You know, yeah. you listen to the, the Eagles, you listen to somebody like that, and yeah, you'll, you'll get some, you know, they're going to push the envelope of, of the different range, but they definitely had their spot. They definitely had their comfort zone. And man, there was not, and I say this as a compliment, there was no comfort zone there. They were just pushing all over the place. I, I was thinking that earlier, I was doing this on my run. I was listening to it for some time on the run. And the, the thought came in, they were like a harmonic, uh, uh, a harmonizing who, uh, you know, they were rocking as hard as the who ever could. And probably very influenced by the Who. Probably, and, absolutely. You know, the thing about this album is, I kick myself in the ass, and I'm like, "You got so hung up on the big hits. You got so hung up on the Bohemian Rhapsodies and the, you know, uh, We Are the Champions and all." It took me 30 years to go back and discover this album. And I'm so glad I finally did. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the Late Night Playlist. Make sure you stick around and listen to us next time when we have a discussion about Bill Monroe and the Southern Flavor album. Until then, I hope all your late nights are good ones. <laughs>